Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. Yeah, I'm very grateful to be here. You know, it's nothing like, uh, you know, getting sick. And it was at the zero hour, too. Like, I woke up that morning and I was like, I don't feel well. And I'm like, I'm going to kind of thug it out for a little bit. I'll be okay. I'll be fine. I can, you know. And my wife, of course, is like, no, you need to test and all this kind of stuff. And so then I had to make that phone call to Pastor Ed. And I was like, oh, I got some terrible news. And, uh, you know, hey, Pastor Jared killed it. He did awesome. You know, the, the original comes up in, in clutch and did a great job. I was able to watch on live stream. It was good stuff. And, uh, you know, this year I'm sitting here going, you know, we're traveling, doing stuff. I'm excited to come back. But I'm like, not even a sniffle, not even a cough, nothing. I don't even want to like, and it was good stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited because of that. I'm super grateful uh, to be here, to be able to bring a word tonight that I truly believe that God's laid on my heart. Um, this isn't necessarily a message you know, I'm uh, preaching New Year's and stuff, you, you definitely, you know, the resolutions and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not against any of that, but what I want tonight to be for, for those of us that are in here together, we got to worship together, we get to be together and spend New Year's Eve, get ready to kind of, you know, say goodbye and, and, and close one book to open another into a new year, and so what I want this to be is a point of reflection as well as sort of a charge into a new season, and, and this, this message that God's laid on my heart is it's simply titled Missed, Missed Opportunities. And, and something that I felt like God put on my heart, and to kind of just start this off, I want to ask you a question. And you just internalize this, think about this uh, for a second. The question is, have you ever missed out on a big opportunity? And, and I want you to think about it for a second, because this isn't like, oh, yeah, someone, I would have had to do this if someone wouldn't. What I'm talking about, when have you ever, because of fear, because of something that you've caused, when have you ever had an opportunity to do something great or do something awesome, if you ever have, and because of whatever you had going on inside of you, because of whatever you're dealing with, you missed that opportunity. It's happened to me before, and it's actually a story that I've, I've told a couple times, and every time I tell it, it just sort of uh, upsets me. It sort of digs at me a little bit. Um, I definitely don't hide the fact, any of you guys that know me a little bit, I don't hide the fact that I love sports. I'm pretty adamant, I'm pretty open to, to let everybody know how much I love sports and how much they mean to me, and especially, I know you guys are, it's Ravens country, and you guys like your NFL, I'm a college football guy, and I love college football, and, and I think there's a game on tonight, you know, I don't know if any of you guys pay any attention, my Georgia Bulldogs are playing in the college football playoffs, actually the game starts in, in 10 minutes, and with that being said, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, we're going to wrap up, um, get out of here. No, I wouldn't, no, but seriously. Uh, no, it, it's, it's, I don't hide the fact that I love college football. It's a big, big part of my life. It's a big part of our culture where we come from, and, 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 and we love it so much. And, and you guys know that about me. What you might not know is that before I was called into ministry, I had a career. And in that career, what I was, I was a news and sports photographer, so for a local ABC and Fox affiliate station, my, my job was to go out with reporters. I've interviewed celebrities and politicians, and I would go out and cover these news stories. And it was a big part of my life, and I really enjoyed doing it. But the best part about that job is you would kind of, you know, do all the craziness throughout the week. But come weekends, I got to cover sports. And it started out doing high school football games, and I loved it. I'll be honest with you, it was one of the coolest things I ever got to do. 
you're going and you're, you're going to these football games sometimes two, three games a night. You're getting the highlights, you're getting all this stuff together, and, and the sports director and I, we became pretty close, and he started letting me do college football games. So I would get paid overtime to use my Saturdays and go up to Athens, and I would watch, I'd be with the Georgia Bulldogs on the field, in their locker rooms. I'm interviewing players. I'm interviewing coaches at Auburn University. I've done the Iron Bowl. I've done all these cool events. I got to do an SEC championship, actually twice. One year in particular, um, we had done so much, and, and, and we, I got to do the SEC championship. It was so much fun. And, and Dave, our sports director, him and I just really clicked really well. I was really doing a good job and, and, and you know, really trying to make him happy with everything. And I remember after the SC championship, they brought me into the news director's office. And they said, and I'm like, this is never a good sign. I know I'm in trouble. And he's like, no, actually not this time. It's, it's, it's amazing. We got something awesome to, to, to offer you. And I go, what's that? And he goes, um, we're actually going to send a crew to Pasadena for the national championship. And because of all of the hard work you've done, because of everything that you've been putting into this year, we want you to go and be a part of that team. And I'm like looking him in the face and I'm like, awesome. Like this is, and I'm trying not to freak out and I'm trying not to go crazy and I'm not trying, I'm trying not to lose my mind. And, and like, he's like, it's okay. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm so excited. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he goes, all right. I'll never forget this conversation. He's like, we got to work out the details. You're going to Pasadena. I've never been to California. He's like, you're going to Pasadena. We're going to put you up in a hotel for a week. All your meals are covered. All your stuff's done. There's all these great things that come with these, these championship games. And I'm like, I'm just getting so excited. And he said, we're going to be done here. Go back, finish your day. You're going to talk with Dave, and he's going to work out um, the flight scheduling. And something else you might not know about me is I'm absolutely terrified of flying. Like, so not even a little bit, like I've had offers like for someone like, oh yeah, we'll get your plane ticket, you can come visit. I've rode like a 32-hour Greyhound bus trip from Florida to Michigan to not fly. Like I'm committed to not flying. I've driven all over the country. I'm absolutely terrified to fly. I'm not terrified to fly, I'm terrified to crash. So like, that's always been the big part. And so I'm, I'm, I've, I go out of my way to avoid airplanes. I've done it my entire life and I'm like, yeah, okay, there's going to be a problem with the whole flight thing. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't, I don't fly. Can I drive? And he's like, absolutely not. It would take you like three days to get to California. He's like, no, you know. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, is this going to be a problem? And I went, uh-huh. I think so. And they looked at me like I was insane. They're like, we just offered you an all-expense-paid trip to Pasadena. You're going to be on the field for the national championship. You're going to be doing all the media stuff, all this great. And I'm like, and I looked at him, and I was like, no, thank you. And it was terrible. It was absolutely one of the, the worst feelings of my entire life. I missed out on one of the biggest opportunities of my career, of my life. This was something that I had wanted to do, and I just could not... I could not get the courage together to face a fear. And I missed out on something incredible and I felt like an idiot. What makes it worse is uh, one of my good friends, of course, he jumped in like, hey, I'll do it, no problem. Like, and uh, so he got to go. I was really happy for him. I was really, yeah, really happy for him. Uh, he posted all these pictures, his Facebook. You come back. When you go to those games, they treat the media really well. Like, they swag you out with all kinds of, like, jackets and book bags and T-shirts and all this cool stuff. And he comes into the newsroom, and he's showing all his stuff off. And, oh, look at this. And I'm like, oh, it's awesome, man. Like, 
I'm really happy for you. And, and inside, I was ready to explode. I was like, it could have been me. I could have been able to do that, but I was too afraid. I, I, I want you all to know I have faced that fear. The Lord himself has put me on an airplane. I've done that for missions. Still don't love it. Still not a big fan. If you ever see me on a plane, it's because God put me there, I promise you. It's nothing else. Um, but I could not face this fear. Um, it was an amazing opportunity. I still regret it. But I'm here to tell you guys tonight, like, I understand that I can have this conversation with you, and especially for those of you who don't really understand college football, and you go, Pastor Jared, who cares? And I get that. I respect that. I do a little bit. still bothers me. But I can understand going, it's just a football game. It's just an event. Who really cares? But what that brings me to tonight is to ask is, what if the opportunities that we're missing out on become bigger than an event? What if the opportunities that we're missing out on are, 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 have a greater kingdom impact? You see, I, I, I'm reflecting on 2022. I'm writing this message. I'm putting this together, and I'm going, God is so good, amen. Like, I can think of so many great things. I, honest to goodness, my family, us being here, the challenges that come with, with, with moving your family across the country, being in ministry, watching our youth ministry grow and, and form a bond and watching things grow inside this church, seeing the great things that happen. There's so many amazing things. Family, everyone in this room, you're a part of something so much bigger than yourself. And I'm so grateful to see those things actively happening here inside of this church. And there's so many great things to reflect on, and we should. Let's highlight those things. Let's celebrate those things. Let's get pumped up about what God is doing here in this church and here in this place and through you. Those are great. But I also can't help but look back and reflect and see missed opportunities. And not missing an event, not missing a game, but but eternal impact opportunities. You guys are here in church on a Saturday night for New Year's Eve. I don't have to tell you. A lot of you have grown up in a church. You've been to church. You go to church often. You understand. But I want to remind you and make sure that we're, we're focusing on the fact that every single one of us, we don't forget for one second that we all have a calling. That God has called every single one of us to some form of ministry. That the moment you receive the Lord in your heart, the, mo the moment that you accept the Lord as your Savior, you have then been put to work. You have a purpose. Luke 10, 27 says, You must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and what? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's a calling. That's a purpose. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is a calling. That is a purpose on our lives. As Christians, we cannot forget for one second that there is something that God has called us to do. There is an action that he has put on our heart, and it is something that does not go away. It is something that becomes who it should become who we are, and it should drive every step that we take. It is our job. It is our purpose in this world that once we give our life to the Lord to do everything in our power to love others and to show them who God is, to help them have the same relationship with the Lord that you do. 
It's what we're here for. It's why we exist. You've heard me say this before. It's one of my favorite ways to phrase this. One of my friends, I don't know where this originated from. My friend started saying it, and I say it all the time, and I'm never going to stop. I just love it. I like the way it sounds. God allows us to be a part of the greatest rescue mission ever. That's what we are called to do. That is our purpose on this earth is, is, is to be a part of the greatest rescue mission ever. And what's so awesome about that is that God includes you in the process. You get to be an active player in his ministry. He gives us opportunities to show others who he is, to be an example of who he is, to be the light in their dark world. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for that opportunity. I think about it like this. Imagine you're stranded in the ocean somewhere and you're, you're freezing and you're cold and a boat comes along and finds you. And someone reaches down and they pull you out of the boat. And you get some water in you. You get warm. You get your stuff together. But as you look out, there's thousands of other people drowning. There's thousands of other people missing. Are you just going to stand there and be like, man, I used to be like that. Man, that sucks for them. Oh, man, that's terrible. Yeah, I was cold once, stuck in the water. Or are you going to get jacked up and go over there and reach in and start pulling people and grabbing people and saving them too because you know what it was like to be in that water? And what God says is you're included in that. Get to work. That's your job. To get to work. He gives us this opportunity and I'm so grateful for it. I pr my, my prayer for this entire congregation is that we would be excited to be a part of that. That we would understand that as we look at people, as we look at the world, as we walk outside of these doors, as we walk into a new year, that we see people that need Jesus. And that we would look at them and say, I want for them what God has given me. Now that sounds awesome. Let me tell you something. It's never going to be easy. If it were easy, we wouldn't even have a message like this. That would just be the Christian way, right? That we give our life to God and then we go find somebody else and then we go find someone else and then all the churches across the world are full and there's no empty seats in the house and everybody's just getting everybody to come to church and everybody's helping everyone come to the Lord. But that's just not necessarily the case. Why? Because it's difficult. It's difficult. The, the best example of, of how difficult this actually is, and this is one of my absolute favorite stories in the Bible. This is something that I go back to uh, uh, quite a bit, and, I, and I'm ready to share it with you tonight. We're going to have it up on the screens. We're in Matthew chapter 19. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in verses 16 through 22. It says, someone came to Jesus with this question. He said, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Jesus replied, why ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good, but to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Seems simple enough. The man responds, which ones? And Jesus replies, listen, don't, uh, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Simple stuff, right? Basically, he gives him scripture. And this is the best part. Y'all hold on. He goes, I've obeyed all these commandments, right? What else must I do? And I've read past this. I've probably read through this 10, 20 times before it dawned on me. Wait a minute. So he knows the scripture. Jesus just told him. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I got that. No, I, I know the scripture and I'm living the scripture. 
But even he, so I'm, I'm sitting here going, well, if he knows the scripture, if he's living the scripture, then, then he goes to temple. He's studying the word. He's doing all the things he's supposed to be doing, yet why does he find himself at the foot of Jesus going, what else must I do? Because even he understands that just knowing the word and just being this good, saved person, right, is not enough. What else must I do? He knew that, that there was more to be had from him. And Jesus told him, listen, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor. You'll have your treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Everyone say, follow me. This is important. Because when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had many possessions. Many possessions? Like he walked away from Jesus, and I'm going to get into why that's so important in just a second, but he walks away from Jesus because he had many possessions. How big was this guy's house? How big was his TV? How many cars could he own? He had many possessions, too many possessions so that he's going to walk away from Jesus? I don't understand. I've, I've never, I, I've, I've, this, this has always bugged me. Because you understand that there's no way this, came, this man could have owned anything that was bigger than the opportunity that was placed in front of him. And he walked away. He was given the opportunity to be one of Jesus' disciples. Jesus says to him, go sell your stuff, give it away, and then come follow me. That's an invitation. He had an opportunity to be one of Jesus' disciples, and he says, no, I have too many things. I, 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 listen, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but 2,000-something years later, this guy's still kicking himself in the rear end. He's got to be. What a missed opportunity. He chose his stuff. He chose his things, and it's always bugged me. I'm like, why? Uh, what would make him do that? And as I think about it, I start to kind of put myself in his position. I try to put myself in his place. What, why in the world would he walk away from Jesus? What would make him do that? Was it the fear of being broke? I've been there. I don't want to be broke. You know, I, I understand what it's like. We grew up, me and my family grew up with pretty much nothing. And I know what it's like to want to try to hold on to something, to want to have something that I don't want uh, the, the repo man coming to my house again. I don't want my daughter to know what it's like to walk outside and the car's gone. I don't want my daughter to have to come home and we've had to pack all of our stuff in a car and move to a different place. I get that. I understand that. There's fear in that. He didn't want to have nothing. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Sticking back a little bit of money, stuffing something away. We're not going to talk about that money. That's that we don't talk about it money. There's this fear of going, there's no way I could give up everything. Are you kidding me? There's no way I could give up everything. And then I started thinking, well, think, what was it because the world told him that he was defined by the things that he owned? We can relate to that. I mean, shoot, the guy's, the guy's known as the rich young man, right? Like, that's like his, his thing. That's what he's called, the rich young man. So that's got me thinking, okay, so if that's what he's known for, like, who wants to lose their identity? Oh, they see me coming. They know my donkey's clean. 
They know I tip good. They know I got the nicest stuff. They know my things. They know me when I'm coming. When I walk in a room, they know who I am. That's a good feeling. People spend their entire lives on Instagram just to be known for an opportunity to go viral. And they'll give anything and everything for that opportunity. I get it. And then I thought, could, it, could he be afraid of what other people might think of him? And this one's, I camped out at this one for a while because, let's be honest, who sells all their stuff, gives it away to follow some hippie-looking guy through the woods who claims to be the Messiah? It's a little crazy. What would people think of him? What if you were in that position? What would your family think of you? Thanksgiving would be mighty awkward. Some of your Thanksgivings might be awkward. I'd imagine that one would be pretty awkward. So how's, uh, how's Bill doing? Oh, yeah, this guy gave everything away. Sold all his cars, gave all his stuff away, gave it to the poor. What's he doing now? He's following some hairy guy through the woods. I don't know, man. Like, we don't hear from him that often. What would people think? It's insanity. But as we sit here and read through scripture, we go, he was given the chance to make such a huge contribution to the kingdom. He was given an opportunity to make a major impact. Let's think about the disciples for a second, right? The church, the reason we are where we are today, the church was started by the few that chose to follow, the men and women that chose to follow Jesus, that chose to give everything to follow him. Because of them, we have the Bible. Because of them, we have service. We are here right now because of them. And he had a chance to be a part of that. Yet, he had too many things. But this is what I want us to do tonight. I would like for us to reflect on ourselves for a moment. I want us to think about where we are in our walk with God. And as we sit here and reflect on this past year, on 2022, as we get ready and excited to see what 2023 has to offer, I want us to think for one second, how often do we miss opportunities to impact the kingdom of God? When have we missed out on major opportunities to impact the kingdom of God. And listen, I get it. Okay, you haven't been asked to be a disciple. But have you missed the opportunity to disciple someone? You, you, you maybe haven't missed out on an opportunity to change the world, but have you missed an opportunity to change someone's world? What opportunities are we missing out on? Because one person who needs your help, one person who needs to see God the way you do, that's a big opportunity. That's a huge opportunity. You know, for some of us, it's a chance, it's an opportunity to invite that coworker to church, to reach out to that family member. Maybe it was a moment that you could have prayed for someone. You know they needed it, and you could have stepped in, but yeah, not here, not now. This isn't the right time. What would people think? What would they say? 
Maybe it was showing grace and kindness to a stranger instead of just getting angry and upset at all the hurriness and the, 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 the hustle of life. How often do we miss out on opportunities to impact the kingdom of God? How often do we really miss out on chances to share our faith, to share our walk, to expose others to how good we say we know God is? How often do we miss out on those opportunities? You know, God allows us to be involved in his plan to save the world. He chose us to be included. He chose us to be a part of that. And he's going to give us opportunities to make a difference. He's going to give us opportunities to reach lost people, to love them, to be the example. But it's going to take so much more than just coming to church and being that good Christian person. Don't get me wrong. We're grateful that you're here. I want you to be here. This is where you need to be. But if coming to church and reading scripture, if, 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 if just kind of that, that you know, regular flow, if, that, if that's the end of your ministry, you're missing opportunities. You're missing a calling that God has placed on your life. It's so much bigger than just showing up. It's so much bigger than just knowing. The rich young man, as he's so affectionately called in the Bible, he went to temple. He knew scripture. He knew the commandments. He obeyed the commandments even. But what does it say? He said, what else must I do? He knew it wasn't enough. Family, I'm here to tell you tonight, do not walk into 2023 thinking that the same old, same old from 2022 is enough. It's not. We're called to do more. Our purpose is to do more. But just like when that rich young man approached Jesus, he learned that it would cost him something. And so that's what I want us to talk about. Tonight as I sit here and I'm saying this and I'm explaining this, I need us to understand it, it, it's, it's tough. Opportunities to make an impact for the kingdom of God, it will absolutely cost you something. So we have to prepare for that. We have to, to, to make sure that we're, we're understanding, listen, we can say this, and I know I'm in a safe enough space here to say this and to say this out loud, but we understand it's not popular to follow God. That when it comes to walking outside of these doors, it's not popular to, to, to truly follow God and his word, to live, love, and act like a Christian. To the outside world, our principles, our practices, they seem incredibly strange. Go talk to a non-believer about tithing. And go, you do what with your money when you get paid? <laughs> like, run that back again? And you're like, no, okay, so like when I get done, and they're like, no, no, that's, that seems awful. Who would do that? And you're like, me every week when I get paid. Like, I didn't, like, and they're like, no, that's dumb. Explain to a non-believer what it means to show up on one of your days off at like 8 o'clock in the morning to serve. And not get paid for it. And they're going to go, you do what? You, like, huh? They don't get it. They don't understand. But we should stop expecting them to. The idea that you would be generous with a complete stranger because they need help. It's considered stupid to the outside world. They go, you know that like people will scam you and stuff, right? Like, you're just going to help them? You're like, yeah. And they're like, no, don't do that. Worry about yourself. 
You're like, no, but I'm loving others. They don't get it. Being patient with a person who mistreats you. It's what we're called to do, but to the outside world, they're going to go, wait, no. Did you hear that person just talk to you? Go give them it. Go yell at them. Go let them have it. That's what the world says you're supposed to do. And you go, you know, if you have enough strength, if you have enough willpower, you say, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. I know that's not the right thing to do. I'm going to turn the other cheek. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And they're going to look at you and go, you're soft. You're weak. They don't get it, but they're not supposed to. Showing grace or mercy when someone does you wrong through the eyes of the world around you, you'll seem insane. The world doesn't understand, and we should not expect them to. We are supposed to look different. We are supposed to act different. Family, we are supposed to love differently. That's who God has called us to be. And it's not going to make sense to the outside world. And this is the problem. Because if I can be blunt with you guys for a second, we've got to stop wanting the approval of those who don't understand God's way. We've got to stop being afraid to be who God called us to be because we're worried that non-believers are going to think that we're weird or different. Because what it does is it causes us to miss opportunities to make impacts for the kingdom of heaven. We're missing too many opportunities because we're worried about the wrong thing. We don't live for God and then worry and fear about what someone else is going to think or say about what we're doing. It's our job to reach those who need Jesus, to love those and care for those in need because here's the reality, guys. We, as Christians, if you've given your heart to God, guess what happens when you face adversity? Because you're going to face adversity. What do you do? You say, I, I, I know who I need to lean into. I know who I trust. There's peace that comes with having a savior. There's peace with, that comes with giving your heart to the Lord. There's peace that we get to experience. And if it's so peaceful and if we love it so much, then honest to goodness, guys, and I don't mean for this to sound mean, but how dare we try to keep that for ourselves? When it's our purpose to share it and give it to every single person who needs to come to know Jesus. It's our job. It's who he designed us to be. Of course, it's going to be difficult. And I'm not going to tell you it's easy. That would be a lie. But I promise you that it's worth it. Following Jesus and living for him, it's always worth it. And so my challenge for everyone here tonight is that let's go into this next year. Let's, let's be excited. Let's start off, number one, as a church, as a family together. And just saying, listen, we're ready to take full advantage of everything God has for us. We don't want to miss a single opportunity. Don't let things get in my way of being who God has called me to be. It's going to be difficult. It's supposed to be difficult. And the big idea for tonight is really simple. What I want us to kind of just kind of press on our hearts and keep going as we, as we, as we march in. And listen, I don't, don't let this fade away. Don't let this be something, oh, okay, that was okay, that was kind of good, and then three weeks from now, it's just back to whatever. Let this be something that we remind ourselves constantly. The opportunity to help someone else have a real and eternal relationship with God should be our primary mission. Let that be who we are in this next year. 
Let that define our actions and our love and the way we care for people and the way we treat people. Let that, let that define who we are. Let that encompass everything about ourselves. It may be uncomfortable. It may be unpopular. It may require sacrifice. Time, money, effort, energy, investment. It's not going to be easy. But family, I'm here to tell you a chance to partner with God. To truly partner with God. To walk in that purpose. To be a part of the greatest rescue mission ever is absolutely worth it. Amen? Worship team, you guys can come on forward. Here's what I want to do tonight as we get ready to wrap up. I'm going to basically, I want to ask everyone in here, bow your heads, close your eyes. All across this room, I want to take an opportunity to reflect. And as we get ready to wrap up this year, as we get ready to wrap up this service, I want everyone in here to take a moment, and, and, and I, I, want, I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel comfortable. No one's looking around. No one's worrying about what someone else is doing. I want you to worry about yourself in this moment. The first thing I want to ask is where are you in your walk with God? Is there anyone, is there anyone in this house tonight that's saying, you know, maybe I've come to church, maybe I'm trying to figure all this stuff out, but I know before anything else, what I need to do is I need to get my relationship with God right and I need to do it now. I need to make sure that God knows that I'm serious about this. If there's anyone in here tonight that wants to rededicate their, their lives to the Lord, that wants to give their life to the Lord tonight, anyone that wants to make that decision or needs to make that decision first and foremost before we go any further, no one's looking around, everyone's heads are down, everyone's eyes are closed, I just want you to raise your hand. There's a few, It's good. You can put your hand down. We wanna get that right first. You get your relationship with the Lord right first. Because when you know that he is the God of your entire life, when you know the blessings that come from following him and believing in him, there is power in that. There is strength in that. And that's what radiates inside you to make sure that everyone else has the opportunity to feel just like you. And so what we're gonna do is for all those that, that raise their hand tonight, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna ask everyone in this house to re repeat after me and we're gonna do it together in solidarity. So if you would repeat after me, dear Jesus, I confess my sins. I reach out to you. I draw closer to you. I trust in you to be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I'll live for you. I'll love for you. I'll do everything I can to let others see you through me. Amen. Now for everyone else in the house, the moment you accepted the Lord as your Savior, you were put to work. And so what I want to do is I don't want to end this year without us, everyone, saying, God, 
no matter where I've been, maybe things have been going pretty good. Maybe I've been doing my best. Maybe things have been going well. Maybe you can identify areas where, you know, maybe you've missed some opportunities. You've fallen short. It doesn't matter. I want this church because here's, here's the blessing of being somewhat new. We haven't been around that long. I get to see with fresh eyes what God's been able to do with this body, with this family. And let me tell you something, God is moving big at Eastern Assembly. Great things are happening at Eastern Assembly. And when all of us can come together and all of us can have that same mission, that same heart, if we would say in this room right now that every single person goes, you know what, I'm not okay with people not being okay. I'm not okay with having friends and loved ones who don't know Jesus. I'm not okay with passing by people at work every day and knowing that they don't know Jesus. I need to make it my mission to do everything that I can to be a part of that greatest rescue mission in the entire world, and that is to help those who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. And so I'm going to pray, and as soon as I'm done, this is what I would love to see us do. I would love to see us just fill these altars, and let's just worship, and let's connect. And you talk to God, and whatever it is that you have to say to him, that you say, you know what, we're ending this year right. We're putting a cap on 2022, and we're stepping into 2023 on fire and ready to get to work, ready to walk with a purpose, ready to walk with a mission, ready to do exactly what God has called us to do. Nothing less, nothing less. 2023 is going to be about us not missing opportunities for the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's pray together. God, we love you. God, we're so grateful. God, for everything that you do, you sent your son to die for us, for our mistakes, for our shortcomings, for our, our problems, God. You gave us your spirit to empower us, to embolden us, to strengthen us, God, to comfort us. God, we are never alone. You are always with us. God, we can face any and every adversity, God, because you're so good. But God, as we celebrate those things tonight, God, I pray in my heart that what it would do is it would embolden us, it would put a fire under us to say, God, it can't just be for me. We know it's not meant to be just for me. It's supposed to be for everyone. And there's too many people in a dark world that are walking around aimlessly who have no direction, who have no hope who have no idea what it's like to have the comfort and the peace that comes with being your child. But God, we also understand that the only way for them to truly know is for us to do what you've asked us to do, for us to be who you've called us to be, for us to live, God, the way you've called us to live. God, help us. In this next year, God, control our tongues. In this next year, God, control our hearts. Help us reflect you in everything that we say and everything that we do. God, move in and through us. Don't let us get in the way, God. Don't let us get in the way. We're tired of missing these opportunities. We're tired of watching people struggle and hurt. We're not going to be worried about what anyone else thinks, what anyone else says. 
we're going to trust in you. We're going to follow you. In your mighty name we pray. And everyone says amen and amen. Family, I want to encourage you. Come to these altars. We're going to worship. I know there's a, 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 a sense to want to rush out, but we, let's take a moment and let's worship together. Let's not be afraid to step out of our comfort zone. Let's not be afraid to step up and use this time to reflect and talk to God. Use this time to recommit, to focus on where you're at now, but then say, God, this is where I want to be in the next year. I want you to be the center of anything and everything that's going on in my life. God, if I'm doing anything and it's without you, I don't want to do it at all. Move through us, God. Use us, God. We're open. We're available, God. And I believe, God, that when your people come together and we're empowered and we're emboldened, God, heavens shake. Things change. Situations change. There are people who need you more than ever. And guess what? There are people in this room right now that there's only you're the only one that's going to be able to convince them. You're the only one that's going to be able to help them. It's your prayers. It's your actions. It's your relationship. Without you, there's no hope. They need you to step up and step through. Be God to those who need him. Let him use you. Let him reflect in you. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. Be used by God.